0: doesn't it? Wow, we made it. Now, I have to confess, I'm not too much into New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. Now, uh, sorting out some financial records and setting up some new ones, making sure there are batteries in the smoke detectors, uh, just about does it Uh, for me on on January 1. Oh yeah, that thing about Ohio State trouncing Clemson, that was pretty good on New Year's Day. But we have a lot to be thankful for this morning because we made it. With all that's happened during the past year and its struggles and difficulties and confinements, fears, apprehensions, we're here this morning. And those who are watching us online, you're here. We have survived, and we have a lot to be thankful for. Now, Carrie did a, such a super job giving us the backstory. Actually, the story that Helen read in 1 Samuel chapter seven begins back there in chapter four, with that battle between the Israelites and the Philistines, and the Israelites lost, and the Philistines take the ark, and the two sons of Eli are killed in the battle. And uh, Eli, when he hears the bad news, falls over backwards and dies. And I think it's uh, Phineas's wife who is pregnant with child. When she hears the news, she goes into labor. And uh, as, as the child is being born, she dies, but not before she names him Ichabod. The glory has departed. That was 20 years, 1 Samuel chapter 4, before 1 Samuel chapter 7. 20 years have gone by, and finally, uh, there's some inkling of spiritual concern and sensitivity. And Samuel, who is now the spiritual leader of Israel, calls the people together in a place that he calls Ebenezer. Actually, he makes this stone and he calls it Ebenezer. God's help is, is the meaning of the word. Uh, thus far, the Lord has helped us. And he has. Actually, it wasn't an untypical, uh, a rather typical response in, in Old Testament days for for some kind of pillar or marker to be erected to remind the people of what happened back then. Uh, Jacob, when he is fleeing uh, his brother Esau, going to uh, his father's homeland to take a wife, that first night, he takes a stone and and lays his head on it for a pillow, and as he sleeps, he has this dream of a ladder that goes into heaven, and angels are crawling up and down this ladder, And God appears to him and reminds him of the promise he gave to Abraham that is now to you as well. Your your seed will bless the whole world. And we have that, that promise. And he takes that stone the next morning and he pours oil on it. And he names it Bethel, the house of God. And to this day in various spiritual groups, religious groups, Christian groups, there'll be a church named Bethel or a college named Bethel. We've got one right over here. It comes from that that experience of Jacob, this stone with oil, this marker to remind him that God is and has made a promise to him. This is where God dwells. Or when Joshua leads the Israelites over the Jordan, into the promised land. And he instructs each one, uh, a representative of each of the tribes, to take a stone from the middle of the Jordan where the, uh, the, the ark has been held. The priests have held the ark while the people crossed over and take it to the side uh, of uh, the new land, Israel, and made a, 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 a tower there. And the purpose was So that when your children see this and ask you, what does it mean? You can tell them the story of how God parted the Jordan and his people walked across into the land that God had promised them. Pastor Corey, just a few moments ago, led us together in one of our memorial stone experiences. We call it Holy Communion the Lord's Supper, various things. But it's that, that, that experience that we have every month to remind us of what God has done. In fact, we have what we call the Christian year. We've just gone through one of those early markers. We call it Advent. And then Christmas, when God comes in the flesh to walk among us. And before long, we'll be entering into the Lenten season followed by Holy Week and Crucifixion and and the Resurrection and the Ascension and Pentecost. These markers, if you will, that remind us of what God has done. But more than that, in fact, uh, the scholars differ a little bit or have a couple opinions about this Ebenezer name. Some and probably the safest interpretation is that Samuel uh, wrote the book of Samuel, which sounds kind of self evident. And uh, he kind of back named in chapter 4 and in chapter 5 uh, Ebenezer because he knew what happened in chapter 7 and, and the, the resurrection, the stones, and the name thus far the Lord has helped us. But but other commentators and scholars suggest that it was named that place where the battle was raged, that Israel lost, was named Ebenezer in anticipation of what God was going to do. Not just a looking back at what he has done, but anticipation of what he's going to do. So it's not only the look back, but it's a look ahead. And when we take communion, for example, we do this as often as we do it in remembrance of him until he comes again. It's an act not only of remembrance but an act of anticipation of what God is yet to do. I've got a a bit of a confession to make. Uh, A few weeks ago, last month, I celebrated my 77th birthday. Now, that's not really the confession. The confession is that I find myself every so often, not thinking of 77, but thinking of 19. You see, my father passed away some seven years ago and he was 96 when he passed away. That's not such a big deal in itself, except that his father, my grandfather, 30 years ago passed away and guess how old he was? 76, or or 96. 96, is there something about my genes that suggests that it's not just 77 years old, but 19 more to go? Now, in case you think I'm getting maudlin and uh, need to see a psychiatrist or something, uh, my mother still lives, and she's actually... uh, Five six weeks older than my father, and she's 103 now, and uh, making her way to 104. And, and my grandfather, who died at 96, his wife was a few years younger than him, and and many of us in the family thought we gave her six months to live after Grandpa died, and she lived to be 102 or 103. So you see, I've got other other genes too. So. I'm not really being depressed. I'm just being reminded that whether it's death for me at age 96 or not, in the next 20 years, listen to me, in the next 20 years, I'm gonna face things I've never faced before. I'm gonna have to make decisions I've never made before. I'm gonna find myself in situations that I've never been in before. But I'm not the only one. The youngest among us, think of this. I, I think in the uh, advent uh, wreath lighting and so forth uh, in the last few days, one of the families had had a, a new child within the last few months since we've been in all this, this trouble. And think, in 20 years, that child will have graduated from high school. That child may be married, may have children, may be off in the military, may have moved away some distant state in 20 years. Now we tend to think in days and weeks and months and and life kind of crawls by, but all of a sudden you think 20 years, whoa. Think of the things that could happen in 20 years that you've never experienced before, that are new, that you think you're prepared for, but you're not. So this is the challenge. It's not just looking back. Being able to say and testify, thus far, the Lord has helped us but it's right now January 3rd 2021 projecting ourselves out 20 years to January 3 2014 and saying i commit myself now to be able to say then thus far the lord has helped me now so far In that insert, I've not said anything that's worth writing down. But in the next few moments, I'm going to say some things that are worth worth writing down. And so you might take that insert. How can you accept the challenge today to say that 20 years from now, you will look back and testify? The Lord has helped me through these 20 years. So look at that that passage, 1 Samuel chapter 7 again, if you would. As Helen read it and Carrie told it, the Israelites, when they come together, are are challenged to forsake the the gods they've adopted. And we, we would call it today syncretism, you know, adding a little bit from some other religion to our faith and adding something else until it's just a collection of uh, worldly wisdom, if you, if you think of it that way. And, and Samuel challenges them to put away all those things that they know are contrary to the pursuit of Jehovah in relationship with him. The practices they've dropped off the practices they've initiated all of those things and i would suggest to you that nobody gets that far away from god except by one step at a time so the first thing you need to write down that you need to do do these next 20 years so that you can look back and say thus far the lord has helped me is stay current with your God stay current in your spiritual relationship stay current in your prayer life in your Bible reading and your fellowship with God's people stay current in your obedience when you need to repent repent when you need to make restitution make restitution when you need to forgive forgive even before you're asked to forgive when you need to obey Obey at the drop of a hat. Stay current in your relationship with God and 20 years from now if the Lord tarries you'll be able to say thus far the Lord has helped me. In all things all the time Consult God now I see contrast between the story in Samuel uh, Chapter four and Chapter seven. The Philistines are involved both times, but I you know it doesn 't really say it, but this is just kind of the way i I imagine it happened back there in chapter four. Uh, the Philistines uh, maybe gathered together and made an uproar, and the Israelite leaders uh, uh, said, hey, you know, we got to do something about this. And so they rush out to war uh, against the Philistines, and, and the battle doesn't go well. You know that story. You read it here in chapter 7. It's different. They've come together, and they're worshiping and there's a lot of noise and clamor and the Philistines hear it and they say, oh, they're getting ready to go to war. Let's go out against them. And and the Israelites hear about the Philistines coming and they say, oh, Samuel, call out to God that he might. You know, I don't think they ever called out to God back in chapter 4. It was an afterthought. Hey, we're in over our heads. You know, 4,000 of our brethren have been killed in war this day. Let, let, I got an idea. Let's send back for the ark the presence of God and, and let's let's patch this thing up. Consult God in every decision, in every issue, every day of your life, in all things, always consult God. First, follow his leading instead of asking him to come along beside. If you want to be able in 20 years to look back and say, thus far the Lord has helped me, keep current in your relationship with God. Consult him for his wisdom and his leadership and his presence and his help in all things all the time and you'll be able to look back and say thus far the Lord has helped me number three in all things all the time always trust him as they did on this occasion in chapter 7 instead of seeking their their own wisdom, they sought God's wisdom and help. Uh, some time ago, in fact, I've shared it a time or two with our small group. It was after this, well, actually maybe it was a whole year ago or so. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm a slow learner. It, it wasn't until, uh, you know, we you started putting services on, on YouTube and so forth that I found out you could find things on YouTube. And sometime before, I'd heard a a couple sing. And, you know, I, I was listening to this song, which was familiar to me, like a lot of us listen to the sermon. You know, listening and thinking of something else at the same time. And all of a sudden, the preacher says something. Oh, what was that? And all of a sudden, this lady sang something. Oh, I don't remember that being in that song. Huh. I'll I'll, I'll hear her sing it again sometime and I didn't and I didn't and and finally I found out about YouTube and I began searching on YouTube and found that song and that lady's singing it. It's a song we old timers remember. Uh, Take it to the Lord and leave it there. Take your burden to the Lord and leave it there. Let me see, how does it go? Take your burden to the Lord and leave it there. Trust him and never doubt, and he will bring you out. That's not the way she sang it. And that's why it, you know, whoa, wake up. She sang it, trust him amidst your doubt. Not trust him and never doubt, but trust him. Amidst your doubts. And let's be honest with ourselves. There's more than once in this past year you've wondered where God was at. Hmm? How can this be happening? I mean, how? Where's God? I mean, why doesn't he step in and do something about this? And that song, that phrase, the alteration of that phrase has impacted me like nothing else since then. You have your doubts, things happen that, oh my, I can't figure that out. But instead of throwing up your hands and giving up, while you're doubting and wondering and questioning, trust him, trust him. When everything goes wrong that can go wrong, And every step forward is followed by two backwards. And all those things that could go wrong, go wrong. Trust him. Trust him. When your world is falling apart, trust him. Write it down. If you want to be able to look back in 20 years and say, God has been with me. I can promise you, I don't take any delight in this. There are going to be things that go wrong in your life. Things that turn out differently than you anticipated, or wanted, or desired, and you take no pleasure in it. Trust Him. Trust Him. Trust Him. Finally, in all things, all the time, give God the glory and thanks. Don't pat yourself on the back. Look up and thank him for all good things that he has done for you. That's the challenge that I share with you this morning, this first Sunday of 2021. It's to look back so that we look forward by trusting him. My prayer for you is that 20 years from now, with all that you have to go through and endure, the valleys as well as the peaks, you'll be able to stand up on that first day of January and say thus far, the Lord is helped. You've been listening to the Wake Park Church Sermon Podcast from Wake Park Church in Northeast Minneapolis. We hope this week's sermon helped you learn to know and love Jesus more and serve him in your unique place in the world. If you have feedback or questions, get in touch with us by emailing podcast at wakeparkchurch.org.